Okay, you said the recording has started. So welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us today for the AIWA Los Angeles Las Vegas section um, educators meeting as a K-12. Uh, let me see. Um, because our K-12 chair, RP is not, she is not here. Let me see. Hey. Let me try to invite her again. Let's see. Let's see. Well, if it show up, then we will ask her to say a few words because uh, uh, she has to teach recently. Uh, so sometimes she got busy, uh, but she uh, has been very important behind the scene and uh, uh, we have been uh, working closely together. Uh, let me, if he, if she shows up, we'll ask her to say a few words to welcome. Uh, but if not, and uh, I, I also say hello, welcome on her behalf for for you all. So AIWA, as you know, is a professional organization, but we emphasize the uh, uh, STEM education because we have many in, very inspiring uh, professionals and educator and we have very importantly we have high school student membership that is free and we also have university students um, membership and uh, the educator membership is free so if you're educator please join us it's free you know and uh, you got a lot of benefit connection and resources um, so we have folks here in person but uh, a lot more people online especially we have a group of students uh 20 plus uh, uh students from uh france and they are going to have five presentation a very exciting uh project uh, led by you can see here online uh mr uh michael Aquila. i call him mike alpha is the you know i i am kilo lima this is the pilot uh uh, code. Uh, so um, he will have a, a, a wonderful presentation with the student and he will introduce uh, the project and uh, lead guide the student to make a presentation. And uh, you you will see the student, a um, uh, uh, very, very exciting student engineer. They are actually in universities, uh, but their project very uh, inspiring for, for the uh, K-12 as well. Uh, so uh, just try to say a few words. Also at the end, uh, for people attending in person here, we uh, actually there is a um, service academy day uh, event this afternoon starting at 1 p.m. Uh, led by uh, our congressman um, uh, Ted Liu. And uh, uh, it's very exciting. And uh, I think he has been the uh, United States Congress whip. Uh, since 2018, and I think he's, uh, I think actually the uh, Democrat leader, um, you know, working with now the uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Jeffries uh, uh, in the Congress. Uh, so he highly support uh, the uh, service people and the service family and uh, uh, education. Uh, so you're welcome to stay. If, if you are here or you are online, uh, then you can still come here in the afternoon or for later part of this program. Uh, to join us, and uh, before that, uh, I, I will introduce uh, uh, the 
Dr. Uh, Wallace, uh, because he nicely uh, for, uh, provided Da Vinci School for us. So I will uh, uh, ask him to say a few words and introduce the robotic team. And then we'll have uh, Mr. Uh, Mike Alpha, uh, Mr. Aquila. Uh, to to uh, uh, for uh, their side of presentation from France. This is actually truly cross in, uh, international and cross continental. But before that, there's actually very important thing I want to do because here we have a a, a, a very important uh, person is uh, Mr. Dennis Lin, and he actually gave a presentation to help our young professionals. But I haven't been able to present him our pre our appreciation. Uh, so today I, I brought it here. So uh, and he is also going to help us for the college students. So we want to really show our gratitude. So uh, here, in case everybody cannot see, this is our appreciation certificate. So thank you so much, Dennis. Appreciate, appreciate. Thank you. Yes, and uh, now um, uh, Dr. Steve Wallace and. Uh, 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 as I mentioned earlier, he actually uh, provided this nice facility for our meeting here, and uh, I just discussed with him, and uh, we can continue to do uh, meetings here, and this, you will hear from him, this is a really wonderful school, uh, a very exciting program, uh, and uh, uh, this, uh, which people to know more about this. So uh, with, without further ado, let me uh, bring uh, Dr. Wallace here, but first present him our appreciation here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we're really grateful that um, AIA is here. Happy to be hosting you. Um, my name is Steve and I'm one of the founders of this school. Uh, we are 14 years old this year. Uh, we started back in 2009, not in this building. Um, we um, moved into this building uh, about it was about eight years ago now. This is a former Northrop Grumman building um, that the Wiseburn School District, together with the Da Vinci Schools, um, re recreated this campus. Um, and so in this building, there are actually three high schools that have about 550 students in each one. Each floor is its own different high school. And uh, here on the second floor, Da Vinci Science High School, uh, each high school has a number of uh, career pathways. And here at Da Vinci Science High School, we have three career pathways, uh, mechanical engineering, civil engineering, and biomedical engineering. One of the um, great successes of our program is our uh, robotics team, FRC Team 4201, the Vitruvian bots, and I'm really um, excited to bring them up and introduce them. In fact, you guys can come on up and um, set up your presentation for us and um, while they're doing that, I'll share. So um, I've been the principal at Da Vinci Science for the last 13 years. This year, I'm an executive director I'm supporting all the schools in the organization. There's some folders on your tables there. For those of you that are here, you're welcome to take those with you. And at the end of today, uh, at the end of the meeting here, if you're interested, please feel free to just walk around the uh, walk around the floor. Our robotics team is here like they are pretty much every weekend, um, and they love having visitors and guests. So they'd love to tell you more about what they're doing and uh, the competition they're engaged in this year. So I just invite you to enjoy the space. Uh, and again, we're very 
happy that you're here and would love to host you anytime you're you're looking for a place we'd love to be your regular meeting place if you'd like one uh, it's an honor to have you here and we're really grateful for you thank you and with that i'll hand it off to the real stars who are our students and mentors Hi everyone, um, good morning. My name is Haley Duncan. I am the vice captain of Team 4201, the Vitruvian Bots. My role on the team is I'm, I've taken more of a logistical standpoint this year. I have experience in computer-aided design, manufacturing, and assembly, but I wanted to take on scheduling and keeping track of our team and our robot progress over the course of the season since we are trying to be a little bit more ambitious this year. So making sure that everybody is on the same page is really important to be sure that we have the most efficient team that we can have and everybody is not stressed out and everybody is having fun. Um, hey guys, uh, my name is Gabby and I'm a senior in high school. I'm the captain of 4201 and last year my focus on, was on business and logistics things so I focused on the financial aspects of our team but I do still have some technical skills but going into this year I'm focusing more on the logistical aspects uh, regarding big events and um, team management within our team so yeah um, hello um, I'm Joy Uihara um, I was actually on the team in high school I'm now a mentor for the program um, I'm a current call student at the University of Southern California studying mechanical engineering and systems engineering um, Really excited to be here. Um, I actually do a little bit on the collegiate side um, for this organization, so happy to be here. So as we mentioned earlier, we are Team 4201. We have about 80 students and around 15 members on our team, and we are a part of the FIRST organization, FIRST Robotics, which um, has allowed us a lot of opportunities for our students and for our team. Um, this picture on your right is one of the documentaries we've been featured in. It's on Disney Plus titled More Than Robots. If you enjoy this presentation, I highly recommend going to watch that because it just highlights the first experience even more. As Steve mentioned, we are part of Da Vinci Schools and in the center is a picture of our team from one of our previous competitions last year. We, as a team, try and focus on a lot of outreach into our community, especially focused on STEAM. Here's another picture of us in the center, and you can see on your right, once again, all right, the pop-up is a little blocked, but we outreach into our community. That's actually one of the FLL, First Lego League, which is like a little sister program to First Robotics. It's like the step before um, actually moving into robotics, we hosted a competition for them on this campus, and we really aim to inspire community members to get into STEAM. And no problem. And going off of that, FIRST is our program or that we are a part of. Uh, the mission of FIRST is to inspire young people to be in science and technology. The FIRST acronym stands for for inspiration and recognition of science and technology. And our team really has tried to put an emphasis on this over the years. I know I have especially been affected because being on this team has just solidified the fact that I wanna pursue a STEAM career. I'm looking to pursue mechanical engineering and 
this team has provided a lot of the skills that will prepare me for the field that I want to pursue. Um, just before we go on, we kind of wanted to share experiences with being in first. So from my experience, I'm um, going from like a business and logistical side and moving on to um, more like robotic and like logistical big impact things. I've learned a lot of skills and um, how it works to be in the industry. And I think it's really prepared me for um, my experience in college or university, or if I happen to be in a job in a local area around here. Um, definitely this team has prepared me for that experience. Okay, moving on, our mission statement of our team is to serve as a STEAM hub where our community members are inspired to learn, grow, and collaborate with each other. And even though this is a newer mission statement of ours, our team has kept this a quality um, has kept this quality throughout the years since we've been founded back in 2011. We've been opening our resources to our community so that everybody is able to have the same experiences that our school is able to allow us and gain those opportunities that everybody may not have. And so here's a, in the center a picture of our uh, summer Lego camp, which we'll be talking later a little bit more on. Uh, we have another picture seeing one of our founding robots actually earlier on and another picture of teams coming in to use our resources on a practice field that we have downstairs. And now I will be handing the presentation on to Gabby. Um, anyway, another aspect of our team in regards to outreach is how we advertise to other people in our local community and how we connect with students from K to 12 and inspire them to join FIRST programs. And this is through STEAM Expos. So, Sorry about that. Um, one aspect of our STEAM Expos are our robot demonstrations. This allows us to um, visit elementary schools and present our robot. And this is probably one of my favorite experiences when I get to connect with other kids, just because like, I feel like the first initial thought when like, kids see a robot is like, can we drive it? And um, obviously we have those resources for students to allow that uh, experience to occur. So we let students uh, drive our robot and pick up the balls and, and take it into our robot. So that's one aspect that really introduces um, students into STEM. Um, in addition to that, we've impacted over 3,000 students in our local community. In addition, our robot demonstrations are shown here. We've been to Wiseman schools, uh, schools in Los Angeles and Redondo Beach. Um, another thing is our STEM activities regarding our robot. Um, being able to introduce STEM in other manners is one of our specialties. So from doing this, we've allowed um, activities to occur. One example of this is actually our um, hackathons, which are experiences where we go to um, our local middle school and present STEM activities. And it was really awesome for me to see this because in middle school, I didn't really know I had these opportunities until I went to like my local hackathon where um, our team was doing this. And then having that experience and moving on to high school and being a part of this team and being able to give back to my community has been something that's really inspired me to not only pursue um, a career in STEM, but also give back to my community and help students and provide resources for them. And then do you wanna talk about the first minority dialogue? Yeah, so another part of our outreach that we do is we try and connect with our students on a personal level because not everything is about robots here on our team. So we try and represent everybody's culture or their backgrounds equally. 
Moving on to the first dialogue that we had was uplifting Black voices over quarantine. It was a very rough time for the Black community and being able to connect with my teammates on a way that was more than robots, that was more than just talking about oh, have you assembled? Have you done this task yet? It was on a deeper level. How are you feeling during this time? How can we support you? It was really a refresher in a very dark or hard time for the Black community. In addition to this, our minority dialogues have allowed um, a space for students on our team, in our school community, and in our first community to express their thoughts thoughts on different various topics. So another one of our dialogues that we hosted is the Stop the Hate Dialogue, where we allowed um, people from without our team to share their experiences from being in STEM and um, the hard times during quarantine. So um, overall, our dialogues have um, a sum of over 300 students attended um, from the first and our school community. In addition to this, um, some topics that we've discussed are um, the model minority, microaggressions, and then moving on, one big Part of that is our Women in STEM panels, which was um, collaborated with Raytheon Technologies. So from doing this, I was able to communicate with other um, women in STEM from local uh, industries like here, like uh, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, and the Aerospace Academy to um, come and answer questions about their career, their experiences. And we've had over 50 students attend these. So one of our other flagship programs is um, we love the expos, we love the activities and getting that um, like one chance to like showcase, you know, you should be um, in STEAM, like you should explore this area. But we also know that it's important that sometimes students need continuous encouragement. So we um, do a few things to make sure that students um, have the resources to learn um, so one of those is we love to mentor. So um, the elementary, middle school um, groups of this program use uh, Lego robotics. So we mentor um, at over 35 teams and at 15 tournaments to reach thousands of students and teach them how to program, how to build in uh, with Lego robots. It helps me encourage them that they are able to pursue STEM careers. Anybody can. Um, we also um, uh, volunteer at the tournaments to make sure that the students have a positive experience um, and get good feedback when they're giving their presentations or uh, completing their robot runs. Um, another flagship program of uh, the school is we've been running a Lego robotics summer camp for eight years. Um, we have impacted um, thousands of students through this um, two-week um, activity where we um, basically take the Lego season and compress it into a week and show the students how to how to build, how to program, how to work as a team, how to um, and most of these students actually move on to be a part of our program or a part of the other um, high school programs. And it's been really amazing to see how students come back year after year and just get more and more excited um, as um, as they go through the uh, the different levels and their different activities. Um, so that's it for um, how we've showed uh, in showcased in our community um, how students can get involved and be a part of STEAM. If you have any questions, um, please let us know. Thank you. What a wonderful team. Uh, we'll, we'll stay connected 
and uh, wish to hear your update next time. Around March 18th, we have a facility that is capable of housing these teams, and we're very uh, fortunate to be able to affect our community. Yes, in the gym right there. Weekend of March 18th. Thank you. Oh, great. Wonderful. Thank you, Kara. Any more questions for? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, the only we're only going to two regional competitions, and then if we qualify, um, and win like the impact award, which is like an outreach award kind of, and then or a robot like based award, then we can go to championships. So we'll see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Okay. So uh, this is just to show that uh, this Da Vinci School student is doing wonderful job. They actually have other teams. Uh, uh, in, in science and uh, engineering. Uh, so this just to uh, show how, it, how how they are doing. So now we turned it to uh, our friends uh, in France. And uh, so we had uh, Mr. Um, Mike Alpha, that's the pilot code name. And yes. uh, he's uh, going to uh, make some introduction uh, to, to himself and uh, to the team of students he's coaching. And then he will guide the student uh, to start the presentation. So, oh, okay, go ahead. Thanks, Kilurima. <clears throat> I like very much their uh, green uh, T-shirt. You see. Um, so sorry for my English from uh, Marrakesh. Uh, even if I was born to the White House, uh, yes, because Casablanca, Morocco, Casablanca is. Uh, uh, white eyes, white white house. When we translate, um, thank you, dear Ken Kilolima. This uh, uh, pilot uh, pilot uh, surname um, for the opportunity to present the the, the work uh, conducted by the student engineering of Estaca. Uh, um, uh, College School of Aeronautics and Automotive Engineering, located in Paris suburb uh, for the E-Car uh, e Group, electric uh, car and its uh, Shilovsky device, and for the four other groups in Talence, in suburb uh, of Bordeaux, our national reserve of high-quality fuel. Uh, let me introduce myself, uh, former of uh, the DGA, General Direction of Armament, uh, Ministry of Defense, Military Aeronautical Engineer, now retired uh, former scientific journalist at uh, La Dépêche du Midi. I can finally focus on the development of some of my uh, concepts, uh, which will be presented to you. 
Kenneth Louis, um, Mr. Kikilolima, editor-in-chief of uh, IA uh, Los Angeles uh, Las Vegas branch, has um, allowed me to publish some of my articles in the in his famous newsletter. Newsletter. I thank him very sincerely for this great spirit of cooperation. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of Estaca, you have the floor. Thank you so much. Uh, so let me start the first presentation uh, here. Let's see. The plasma propulsion. Yes, that's good. Uh, so go ahead. Okay. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, right. So uh, we are really proud with my team to be here uh, today to present you our project. Um, let me introduce myself uh, really briefly. Uh, I am Luca Bilan, project manager of the uh, project on the plasma and thermal reactor. And uh, I let introduce um, I let my friends uh, introduce themselves. Uh, so my name is uh, Nicolas Fab, and I will be the second uh, person to present uh, to you uh, today what uh, we have done. And I don't think the rest of the team uh, wants really want to talk right now because they a bit shy. But um, the we work with Camille Solacou. Um, Pierre Dorin and uh, Robin Rostocker. And uh, so we're really excited to present you what we have done. Right, thank you, Nicola. So uh, our objective uh, is to research a new way to make space travels faster and easier. Our idea is to couple two reactors uh, to make a travel from a lunar base to Mars in the hope of uh, future colonization. The first reactor is the thermal reactor, a model invented by Michel Aguilar here and patented uh, also in the United States. And uh, this reactor is really interesting because it could save fuel during the travel uh, between uh, 30 and 35% uh, in terms of reduction in specific consumption. Moreover, we want to use the high technology of uh, variable specific impulse magnetoplasma rocket, and we will call it uh, for further the VASIM R. Uh, the objective is to boost the capacities of VASIM R with those of the thermal reactor, which could be integrated into it or also serve as a complementary impulse so that a trip between the Moon and Mars could be achieved in 30 days. No, I let Nicolas talk uh, to you about the thermal reactor and the plasmic propulsion. Yeah, so about the thermal reactor, it is an engine designed specially uh, to provide the amphicycle recommended by the DARPA for its good return by using valves uh, permanently in motion at low speed around 2000 rounds per minute. Uh, in fact, this type of cycle is described by an isochoric combustion. Uh, meaning um, at constant volume and outperforms the conventionally used Brighton cycle. The thermal reactor can, however, um, perform either in isochoric or isobaric mode, 
in order to take advantage of each cycle, depending the use. Now to plasma propulsion, the first thing to know about it is that it revolves around the idea that producing and accelerating a needed plasma at 10, more than 10 million kelvins and ejecting it at a 10 to 100 kilometers per second velocity can create a strong thrust force. Moreover, it is supposed to deliver power between 10 kilowatts and 100 megawatts using either, uh, either solar or nuclear energy sources. Finally, the main idea behind the coupling of these two technologies is to take off using the thermoreactors and then turn on the VASIMA, which are the plasma engines, to travel to Mars uh, from the moon using both so that the plasma will be preheated by the thermoreactors before entering the Vasima. Thanks for listening. Yes, it is. Um, Mike Alpha, is this one? Yeah, yes, second one. that's right, that's right. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Elisa, we don't hear you. Uh, yes, I'm here. Uh, do you hear me? Yes. Uh, okay, so hello everyone. My name is Elisa Bianchini and I'm here with Suzelle Leveau and uh, the three uh, other um, person of the group are Thomas Cochard, uh, Kylian Grimont-Pont and Robin Larcher. We are today going to introduce to you the lunar propulsion and tides. So thanks to the tides generated by the moon, uh, it is possible to transport about 15 passengers uh, free of charge over 60 kilometers um, in a capsule traveling at more than 300 kilometers per hour uh, without any felt effects or any impacts on the environment. So with uh, natural and free energy, and uh, no external energy uh, necessary. Uh, so you can now show the video if you have the link. Uh, I don't know if Michel gave you give it to you. Uh, yes, you did give me the link. One second. Um, <laughs> the only thing is, I didn't expect that you will play it uh, here. But let, let me let me do it here. Okay. <laughs> Okay. 
uh, the video. Yeah, you did send me, let me. If you can't show the video, it's not very important. Okay, uh, let me see. Age. Okay, don't 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 worry. You 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 can't you can't uh, show the video. Ne next next presentation perhaps. Okay, so the um I I will still get the video ready, but let me first pull the next uh next chart. Mm. So next one is TAD. Yes, exactly. Hello, can you hear us? Yes. Okay, so uh, we're yes. the Takeoff uh, Assist uh, Device Group. So uh, here is Thibaut Conan, Leo Bukobza, Baptiste Richard, and uh, Enzo Fago. And uh, we're going to talk to you about so our uh, Takeoff Assist device, which is uh, an upgrade from uh, the reverse thrust uh, mechanism that is uh, now installed on your uh, today aircraft. Uh, it's based on some uh, work done by NASA about a stationary ejector, which uh, redirects the flow surrounding uh, an engine into the output of the engine to uh, add a lot more thrust. So uh, we also have a video, but uh, I can share it to you if I share my screen. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. go ahead. If you show from your end, you will be faster. Yes. I don't know if you can see our, my screen. It's a PowerPoint presentation. Yes. Okay, so I'm launching the video. Could you no. start the video? Yes. Each yes, aircraft has its own takeoff speed. At 100%, the engines consume yeah. about 10% <laughs> okay. of the total fuel. On landing, some aircraft activate the reverse gear to travel less runway length to save brakes and tires. The principle of the reverse is to deploy flaps to redirect a large part of the thrust forward. These same flaps can also function as a booster, ejector principle, to increase thrust at takeoff. This device makes it possible to significantly reduce noise and takeoff time with a gain in consumption of at least 20%. As the aircraft climbs to cruising altitude, the flaps retract to regain the initial drag. Okay, could you show the, your, your um, mechanisms? Yeah, yes. of course. It's uh, Baptiste who is going to present okay, it to you now. No. Yeah. So now you can see the first version of our mechanism that uh, we created with Katia. So in addition to the thrust augmentation, the takeoff assist device has another advantage. As you may know, the warm flow is, uh, from the engine is responsible for a major part of uh, the noise. And with the takeoff assist device, the warm flow will be surrounded by a cold flow, which will significantly reduce the noise. Uh, thanks for your attention. If you have some questions, don't hesitate to ask us at the end of the other presentation. Very good. Thanks, TAD. Ne next uh, presentation, perhaps? And question after. Yes, can you all hear me? Yes. 
All right, so can you see my screen right now? Can you see my screen or not? Yes, 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 we, yes, we, we, yes. we, we, we see. So, uh, we have my teammates, which are Julien Boulet, uh, my, uh, sorry, Pierre Cotelard, Louis Bourset, Romain Mianet, and Lucas Fruchet, and myself, Florian Chedon. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Wing in Ground Effect project, which consists in uh, using the ground effect to reduce the fuel consumption of aircraft. So as we all know, um, a wing works with a depression at the, at the top and a suppression at the bottom of the wing. And this suppression creates a cushion of air under the, the airfoil. And basically, this allows the wing to increase its lift. Yeah, excuse me, the, you, you are showing the slide, right? Is, is, could you show again? Okay. Yeah, right. right now. And uh, by increasing the lift, we can decrease the, the angle of attack and this way decrease the drag and the fuel consumption of the airplane. So basically, I'm going to show you a video of, the, of how it works, and then my colleague Julien will present you um, another video of uh, how we're going we to you know, train pilots to fly this airplane, basically. So I'm just going to show you that video right now, which is going to be right there. Claire and Kataro could be living in a city or a remote area. Today, they need to reach a distant location, a 450-kilometer journey, not easily done by standard transportation. To get there in time, they make an instant booking for a capsule. A capsule chariot autonomously arrives to drive them to the nearby takeoff area, located at the outskirts of the city. At the gateway, their capsule is clipped to a wing for immediate takeoff. The capsule takes off vertically thanks to its revolutionary engine embedded in the wings. In a few minutes, they reach cruising altitude and cover the distance at a speed of 200 kilometers per hour, consuming only 15 liters of biofuel per hour. Claire and Kataro can relax, enjoy the scenery, and prepare their arrival, thanks to the autopilot and security features. Upon arrival at the intended destination, the capsule land at the gateway and trade the wing for a chariot to drive the last mile. Claire and Kataro make it to their destination in time, relaxed, ready, and satisfied. So, yeah, basically that was the video presenting the project itself. And now I'm going to let uh, Julian talk to you about uh, how it works and uh, how we're going to train pilots for it. So go ahead, Junior. Hello, everybody. So uh, as uh, you can have seen uh, on the video, uh, the, the vehicle here uh, uses the wind uh, in ground effects uh, to fly over the over an highway. So by uh, the interest is that uh, by uh, flying at uh, very, very close to the ground, 
you have an aerodynamic uh, interaction between the ground and the wing of uh, our aircraft that uh, reduces uh, the, um, uh, the the drag which is a force that uh, pulls your 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 plane or your aircraft uh, back so uh, this effects allows you to um, well fly uh, faster with uh, uh, and by using and using less fuel and um, <clears throat> uh, this uh, this is the interest of uh, this uh, winning ground effects then uh, in uh, uh, the, this plane uh, should um, be able to fly over the highway and in case of uh, well meeting a, a bridge or a tunnel it can also be able to uh, fly upper and uh, over the bridge or uh, the mountain. So uh, you, we have to uh, think about a way to make it possible to fly at uh, low altitude, then uh, occasionally uh, go to uh, upper altitude. So the, the way of piloting such a, such a vehicle is not as different as uh, flying a plane. So uh, any, uh, uh, airline uh, pilots uh, could be able with uh, a day formation to uh, to actually piloting it piloting it thank you claire and kataro wish to book a capsule to reach their final destination they are able to do so as claire has already attended a pilot captain training this training took place on the ground via a capsule simulator she was able to learn the full operation of the capsule, like when passing a driver's license. Claire got her license and is now captain on board. She is also able to communicate by radio to Andrew, the station manager on the ground. Indeed, the capsule is tracked by ground stations at all times. Andrew is a drone pilot and he connects to the capsule as soon as it takes off. He can remotely control the capsule if necessary. Kataro can relax, but Claire remains in permanent contact with ground stations. If you have any further questions, don't hesitate to ask uh, after all the presentations, and uh, yes. that uh, will be all for, me, all for me. Thanks. Thanks, sir. The last presentation, please. Okay, alors. You are show your slide from your end or you want me to show the slide uh, i think we'll do it on our end no problem okay so go ahead uh yeah Uh, did you share 
You click the share. share yeah, it's, in, it's coming, sorry. Okay. Thank you. So, can you see my screen? Yes. Okay. So, hello everyone. I'm Geoffroy Martel, and I'm the team leader for the eCar and Shilovsky device group. So we will present during this presentation the Shilovsky device and the capsule we made for it. So the Shilovsky device is a system that would fit in a bumper of a car and extend the battery life without any impact on the environment just by using aerodynamics. So I will now show you the video and then we'll go deeper on the capsule and then the Shilovsky device. Energy density of a battery measures its efficiency. Lithium-ion batteries display a density of 250 watt-hours per kilogram. The two forces well, the video that is impact not, the We are not seeing the video. Uh, uh, we, we don't see the video. Uh, I don't have it on my end, so... I can make a resume of the video if you don't see it on your end, because... You can... You can... Yeah, uh, you can share the whole screen if you share. Yeah, um, share. I'll do this. Not just works, the PowerPoint. Also. Just the whole screen. Yeah, share the, the whole screen. screen, and now you should. Then you can. See it. You should be able to show the, yeah, the if, video. If my computer wants to share the whole screen, I hope. Please. Uh, we see it. Yeah. Then you can need you to see my whole screen. <laughs> I can see. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. And very small, but with uh, the sound, it's better. Energy and now density can you see of the battery video? measures yeah, yeah. Okay, efficiency. Okay. Right. Lithium-ion batteries display a density of 250 watt-hours per kilogram. The two forces that impact the autonomy of a car are the rolling of the tires and its aerodynamics. To reduce these forces with a minimum of energy, the solution is to create an aerodynamic shield at the front of the vehicle using the Chalowski effect. The air that would otherwise hit the vehicle and slow it down is then deflected. A booster supplies the air to the bumper. This device, patented and issued by France in 2019, is currently being examined in the USA. By reducing these forces, this device aerodynamically increases the density of the battery from 250 to 370 watt-hours per kilogram, the autonomy from 400 to 600 kilometers, and reduces the power from 106 kilowatts to 55 kilowatts for a highway speed of 80 miles per hour. Okay. Okay. So now I will let you go, present, uh, uh, present to you the in with more details the Shilovsky device and the pod we designed for it. So, um, hello everyone. So tell me when you see the presentation properly. Yes. It's okay. Okay, so um, we are going to present to you uh, the Shilovsky eCar project that uh, my uh, colleague uh, Geoffroy Martel uh, just told you about. So we've been working on this project with uh, with uh, five other students. So Geoffroy Martel, myself, uh, Théo Joannick, Théo Montfort, 
Uh, Clément Gerbeau is also here with us to uh, present to you this project and uh, Baptiste Biak. So uh, the main idea behind this project is that we uh, will create a pod on which we will use a new aerodynamic effect that is called the Shilovsky effect. So uh, this effect will allow us to reduce significantly the drag of the vehicle. So for that, um, we will just We'll quickly uh, explain what aerodynamic drag is for to be sure that everyone uh, knows wh what it is. So because of the air viscosity, uh, hair particle will uh, be uh, forced to move along with the vehicle when it's moving. Basically, the speed of the air particles will be um, stuck with the vehicle when it's moving. So the main idea would be to increase the speed of the air particle at the surface of the vehicle to reduce drag. So for that, we will uh, we decided that we could use the Shilovsky effect. So uh, you've probably never heard of the aerodynamic Shilovsky effect. Uh, it is a derivative of another more known aerodynamic effect that you've probably heard of that is called the quanta effect. Uh, perhaps you have already done this experiment or seen it for yourself, uh, tried to take a pipe blowing air and put a little sphere in it. And you see that the little sphere is kept prisoner in the blown um, flow. So here we are using this aerodynamic property of a flow being stuck on a curved surface to uh, keep a fast blown flow stuck on the surface of the pod. So just like you see on this little animation, we will use this principle to blow a fast flow on the surface of the vehicle in order to increase the speed of the air particles that are close to the surface. This will allow us to reduce the drag of the vehicle significantly. We are talking uh, theoretically uh, reducing up to nullifying the drag uh, on the blown parts, which is very significant. So here on the vehicle that we are presenting to you, we are only blowing on the upper surface of the vehicle, and we are already reaching results up to 30% drag reduction, which is already really significant. So uh, when it comes to the pod design, we have uh, made it to be a two-place uh, vehicle. We took uh, dimensions that would be close to an already circulating vehicle in France that you have perhaps already seen or heard of, but it's not a problem if you have not. That is called the Renault Twizy, which is a small electric uh, vehicle that is already in circulation in France. Uh, as you can see from the dimensions, it is uh, small, but it is uh, it is uh, something that uh, batteries uh, capacity and also uh, trying to reduce drag as much as possible uh, forces you to go for at least for the moment. And so we are uh, with, as you can see on the parts at the front of the car, we have this space here which is the part where we blow the air. And we have at the rear, we have the 
compressor of air, which is uh, used to blow the air at a higher velocity. So we made, in order to make sure that we are uh, gaining uh, energy efficiency from this, a modelization of the energy that we could uh, get from the batteries with the Shilovsky device. So back to me. So as you can see, we did an Excel to just try to model the effect of the Shilovsky device on the mass of the batteries. So for this kind of vehicles, as you as you saw in the video, the two forces we try to limit are the drag force and the and the resistance of the wheels. So we can't affect the wheels, of course. So our goal is to reduce the drag force at the at the minimum. So to model drag reduction caused by the Shilovsky device, we we introduce a coefficient called the Shilovsky coefficient, which that we will multiply to the drag force. This coefficient is is between zero and one, one indicating it does not affect the drag force and zero indicating we totally erase the drag force. So I don't know if you can see well the Excel, but we first did a test with entry values without the Shilovsky device at standard conditions, for example, 140 kilometers an hour of speed or 81 miles per hour. For, for an autonomy of 500 kilometers or 310 miles, a vehicle mass of 600 kilograms and an energy density normal we get we get a battery mass of 532 kilos which is quite big then we uh, then we use the shilovsky uh, the shilovsky effect and we only touch at the shilovsky coefficient right there which goes from 1 uh, to 0.7 so a 30% reduction of drag and we can see that we already gained 100 kilos in in battery mass, which means that we had we get an equivalent energy density of 308 watt watt hours per kilogram, which is more than the common lithium-ion batteries right now, and all of this due to aerodynamics. We also gain a weight of about 20% that we can either reuse and Keep the uh, keep the same mass that had the origin, but prolong the autonomy of the battery, or we can gain the uh, gain the this weight and use it to put other things in the in the capsule. So uh, we also uh, need to make this a uh, road vehicle. So um, I'll let my uh, other colleague uh, speak about the. So our pod design doesn't enable our vehicle to move yet, so we need to add some wheels. Uh, so let me introduce you the cart we came up with. As the capsule is quite small, we couldn't put four wheels directly on it. We may have some space for three of them, but that's without counting the size of the batteries. So we decided to create this card to put our four wheels and some of the batteries. Uh, here's the first uh, sketch of uh, this card. On one hand, it increases the turning radius of the vehicle. On the other hand, it doesn't break the usual aesthetics of a car. 
However, the weight of the vehicle will be increased and this will also create more surfaces in contact with uh, the air, meaning more friction and therefore more drag. Unfortunately, we are still working on it, so we can show you more pictures than that. The most important, important thing is that the design will remain very aerodynamic so as not to lose the gains of the Shilovsky effect. The height will be low enough and we will surely cover the wheels again to avoid having more drag. So uh, to conclude with this uh, presentation, so as you've seen, so for now if I just go back uh, to the this uh, this slide because the the animation uh, looks looks nice. Um, the currently we are in the final modelization process of uh, evaluating and uh, reaching the maximum drag reduction uh, possibly uh, possible. So for now we are at around thirty percent drag reduction, but we are aiming to reduce it even further, at least to have fifty percent drag reduction, which would uh, allow to further increase the autonomy of the vehicle. And uh, then once we have uh, finished the modernization process, we will create a test uh, vehicle that we will be able to use in the wind tunnel in order to verify through experimentation, the calculations and the modernization. And we will then uh, reach the final part of this project. So if you have any question, do not uh, hesitate. We are we are here to answer your questions. Thanks. Sir. Okay, Kilo Lima. Th that's all. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is a wonderful presentation. And just to let everybody know, actually uh, we have been post, uh, posting a couple of new status articles in our AIW Los Angeles Las Vegas section uh, newsletter. So if you are not uh, on our mailing list of the uh, newsletter, uh, let me know and uh, we can add you into our mailing list so we can receive our our newsletter. Um, so uh, so you are, uh, well, while we're waiting if uh, people here have more questions, uh, I have a question, so you are saying this, is, you are going to have a, um, the re, uh, experiment you are going to make a Chelowski car, is that right? Yes. In order to uh, confirm the calculation and the modelization, we uh, will uh, make uh, at least a reduced model size to test in a wind tunnel, and after that, we will uh, <clears throat> aim to build a real one. Uh, this will probably not be uh, done this year, but this will be uh, the goal for next year or the student that will uh, go after us for this project in the next year. Next year? Yeah. So we are talking next year. So the wind tunnel, uh, you are using some uh, wind tunnel at school or somebody else wind tunnel or you build your own wind tunnel? So uh, here uh, we have a wind tunnel in our school. Uh, depending on whether or not some of the equipment will be available or not at the time, we will be able to use the wind tunnel of our school or we will try to uh, reach uh, companies in the uh, area around our school to see if they uh, will uh, let us use their uh, wind tunnel. Well, that's a good project, you know, if you can use your school or use the companies. 
uh, that's a good collaboration with, with, with school or the company. That's good. Um, so are you going to make a real size car or kind of small, uh, smaller one? A real size, a big one, or is a small, small For car? the wind tunnel, it would be a smaller one because most of the wind tunnels we have near us aren't big enough for this car, of course. So <laughs> first it will be a, a small scale and then, and then maybe not us, maybe all the all the students that will take the project after us uh, will try to make a real size one. It will be hard, huh? I must say it will be hard, <laughs> but I think they can do it. Uh, so what, what's the material? Are you going to use 3D printing or uh, send it somewhere to, to, to make it, or you are going to build it with your hand? For the reduced model, we will use 3D printing. Uh, okay. We have a lot of different student associations in our school that uh, already have the necessary material to uh, and equipment to do 3D printing. So uh, if we are going to do a reduced model, we will do it in via 3D printing. Okay, and that's good. for a real, real size a model, this will first uh, require to have a much more advanced definition of the different uh, parts of the vehicle that will need to be created and uh, then we will be able to see uh, how we want to create it. Can we, we, offer, we offer this uh, you, your next uh, car? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so keep us posted. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, we want to know more about your progress. Of course, also other projects as well. Uh, but this one seems to be, you know, you will be able to make something, you know, so people can see. Uh, the other one is uh, more on the concept side. Um, so this is uh, very interesting. A any question? The most challenging part of working together as a team in, in process. Um, so the could, most, you yeah. could you repeat the, the question? We have not heard everything due to connection issues. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. What was your most challenging part of working together as a team during the design process? And what was the most challenging part of your design? Um, I would say working as a team has not been much of a problem for this project, at least. Uh, in our school, we uh, are used to work on a lot of projects each year. So we've already have a lot of methodology to how to organize ourselves in projects. So this, at least for this project, was not much of a problem. The biggest challenge, I would say, for this project was to uh, managed to create something that would both be uh, working in the aerodynamic side and that would also match uh, a certain aesthetic uh, criteria because uh, if you create uh, something that is meant to be a vehicle uh, that does not look good it might be a complete failure even even if it's um, even if it's really good on the on the aerodynamic so uh, this was a big part of the making something functional, but uh, uh, aesthetic as well. Uh, on top of the fact that the Shilovsky effect is very uh, unknown, 
and that uh, finding the documentation uh, precise would be uh, hard because there is simply a lot less. Tu, tu peux dire aussi que on, on a déjà fait des, des simulations qui, qui prouvent qui prouvent qui, oui, qui, qui prouvent les faits. Mais ça, ça pas la rien. question qu'il posait. Certes, mais tu peux tu peux le dire quand même. Si si si. S'il si euh, pose la question, il en dira. Thank you. Um, would, would that answer your, your question? Yes, thank you. Any more question? Well, hopefully, you know, uh, your team, when you build it, you can demo, uh, of course, from, from uh, your side, but uh, someday you can uh, uh, come here uh, to Los Angeles, bring your car. <laughs> uh, we do hope. We do hope one day we could do this. <laughs> yeah, I, nice. actually, uh, I, I don't know if you... Uh, um, follow our events. I, I mentioned to uh, uh, Mr. Akula, uh, the uh, Mike Alpha. Uh, we had the event last year that's called the uh, 1910 uh, air show, air meet in Los Angeles. That's the first uh, international air show uh, in United States. Uh, uh, and uh, there were a couple uh, people from France uh, they flew their balloon, you know, the, the airplane uh, in Los Angeles, and it was very uh, exciting. So a lot of people, very well-known people, uh, you, you know their name. They were actually very young or kid, teenager or college student at that time. Uh, they attended the air show, and they were very uh, exciting. And traditionally, you know, there are a lot of uh, co collaboration and uh, development uh, with and from France. So you are doing very good jobs. Uh, uh, keep the good work. Uh, so stay in touch. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I just want to say good job, guys. We are proud of you. And keep up with the good job and the... Um, the adventures. Um, I represent a nonprofit here and uh, we try to help kids in these areas. And I'm very proud that kids like you are into this because a lot of kids are in the wrong way. So congratulations. Yeah, Bye. Thank you. <laughs>
So actually, the purpose of this educator meeting, we also welcome students, but basically we want to know what you need, you know, and what we can provide for you. For example, what we have been doing very well is that uh, if you have classroom, you know, then we can outreach. We, we have engineers, you name it. Uh, we have people from Boeing, Lockheed, Raytheon, uh, NASA, JPL, whatever you name it. You know, we can uh, call for volunteer or Dennis. Dennis uh, it, it can also go there uh, just to inspire students, give a pep talk, a presentation. Uh, this is we want to connect. connect and uh, the other thing we also do outreach that we can do. And we also have, uh, have been trying to do some demo. Uh, for example, Dennis helping us like a virtual reality, and we have Raspberry Pi, and of course you hear the student they're doing robot. We have people also doing robot, and the real one, you know, on Mars, and also the local ones. Um, so like uh, Raspberry Pi, you know, is also related to the software operating system, cybersecurity, and uh, we have people build uh, working. For example, we our former. Uh, K-12 chair, uh, she is actually working in relativity space. And as you know, relativity space, they are using 3D printing to build rocket, the real one. They, they are, she is now in Florida launching the 3D printed rocket. So that's our strength. You know, our people working on real things and all educations, nonprofit, and, and uh, you can kind of provide some kind of demo or ideas or people um, but, but we want to know that uh, what 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 we can do for you, and we 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 have a range group range of people. For example, Mike Alpha is a great is uh, a former uh, France Air Force pilot and engineer journalist. So he, you can see he's guiding this wonderful project, and we also have very top level. Uh, for example, our executive director, Mr. Dan Dunbacher, uh, he actually just gave a talk in December. Uh, here on DCX, DCXA rocket, uh, which was 20 years ahead of SpaceX and Blue Origin. He was the director of the DCX project, the vertical landing, uh, launch verti vertical landing and can move horizontally. So that's actually the grandfather of, of uh, the uh, SpaceX rocket, you know. So, so honestly speaking, you know, SpaceX cannot claim they actually, they invent, they invented the rocket. It's actually our executive director in NASA. So we have this kind of people and we have connection to say NASA administrator and many different companies. For example, uh, Green Shotwell, Bill Gerstenmeier in SpaceX, uh, Elon Musk. But these are people generally they don't show up every day. You know, if any special need, they will show up in our major conferences. Uh, so another strength we have is the conference. We we have publications, journals, um, or Aerospace America. If you join the educator membership for free, you'll get free Aerospace America. Uh, and then you you got to be able to chat online with all the experts. They call engage. So there are a lot of benefit for educator and students. Um, but other than that, we want to know if you what you. For your function, you know, there's something we can do for you or work with you. Um, so maybe if you want to say something, you can raise your hand or maybe I will start from here. Yeah, we uh, we have a nonprofit. Uh, my name is Wilbur Owens and we formed a nonprofit about uh, two to three years ago. And the nonprofit's goal is to encourage uh, aerospace development, 
and we're based at an airport locally, uh, very close to your 1910 uh, event uh, in Compton, Air- Compton, California. It's a non it's a non towered airport. We have several hangars, and what we're involved in is amateur rocketry, one of the concepts. So uh, we go all the way from the K to K-12, K-12, from kindergarten all the way up to uh, high school. And we use Estes rockets, and we have an area um, in Los Angeles called Santa Fe Dam. We launched a small rockets up to an altitude of about 1,000 feet. Also, we're part of a group out in the Mojave Desert that's called the Mojave Test Area. And we have an actual waiver where we can launch a rocket up to 100,000 feet. So we go, we start with the excitement with the small kids, and we have a program for high school as well as for the college students. One of the things that we worked on, we worked on small liquid rockets. Those are very difficult. And because of the safety requirements, we can't do much at the airport. So we work at, out at the desert. Also, we have another program where we work with small aircraft. So uh, we have a program where we take them apart, uh, we uh, make modifications, and we put them back together. So our whole focus is on uh, aerospace, uh, aircraft. The other thing that we offer, uh, which is something that typically is not available, we're at the airport, we have several hangars, and the hangars are a substitute to say if you can't do the work in your garage as a kid, you're free to come to the airport and work in a safe hangar. So we have all kinds of experiments for kids, and we allow them to play in a very safe environment. So it's sort of like back to where some of your uh, basic engineers, their, their philosophy would be to get the best engineer. You need to have hands-on training. You need to have an opportunity to learn the theory, but you need to be able to go apply that theory. So we're creating that lab. So we're working with V-Stall. We're working with electric motors. And I tell the kids, we're able to do anything that you can imagine. And we come up with quite a few things. And we have a facility out in the desert to where it's safe. So uh, as a nonprofit, we have the flexibility where we're not constrained by the academic environment with schools. So we're a little bit more freer to do things. So we do it in a format of a club. So we came here today because we do have a shortage. We have good people that can work with us, but we need a few more engineers to maybe where we can expand what we do. Uh, my training is an aerospace engineer. Um, I uh, have worked with uh, rockets and boosters, but I like to get some more engineers. Like one of the areas that we're really weak in is electrical, electrical control. So uh, we like to, we came here today to maybe offer ourselves to say if there are some other people that like to participate, we have a great safe environment to do that. So that's pretty much who we are. The name of the organization is called Atmospheric Vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, so what we specialize in, in anything that flies, whether it's going to be from ground zero up to whatever altitude. We have participated with some of the local universities like uh, USC. They come out to the MTA to test their solid rockets, and some of them come out to test their liquid rockets. That's just a component of it. But for kids, they're inspired, like with flying airplanes. So we have several airplanes that we fly as a result of donations. And they're very simple, and we allow them to work on it with proper supervision. So uh, like I said, today was our first opportunity to come out and, and look for engineers. OK. Uh, that. No, that, that's, a, that's oh, you the. You two work to, together. 
Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, with any organization, you need an engineer, but you got to have somebody financial so you don't get in trouble with ah, financial. <laughs> very important. Thank this, you. No problem. Uh, this is what we want. We want people to network and help each other. You know, you express your need and uh, we or some people. We also provide a network. That's actually AWS doing very well, but it's not just one meeting or something. It's kind of long, uh, long term. You meet different people. Actually, you mentioned Mojave Desert. We actually have a member. She is running a uh, uh, STEM Academy, but also a research uh, lab in Mojave. It's like a simulator. You know, uh, adults, kids can dress like astronaut. You know, those kind of Mars simulator. And of course, they also do like uh, space medicine type of research. So we are working with her. Um, she she lives in LA, but you know, her her uh, uh, you know activity. Uh, I cannot say company. Her nonprofit academy is is Mojave. And personally, I have been to Compton Airport a couple of times, especially before pandemic. And I can tell you, we have two two person. One is uh, we have a member. He's actually, uh, I don't think he owns a hangar, but he built his own aircraft. I don't know if you heard of him, Doctor uh, um, uh, Williams. Uh, Doctor. Yeah, Ron Williams. Ron Williams. Yeah, yeah Ron Williams. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. He's a big builder in some yeah. of the uh, amateur aircraft. He's, he's our member. Field. Yes, we know him. Yeah, and. <clears throat> We have another gentleman. He said he just moved there. Is a uh, Dave uh, Nordling. Dave is uh, Dave actually is president of the Reaction Research Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a famous group where Elon Musk, uh, propulsion engineer uh, Tom Mueller, actually did a lot of work uh, to develop the uh, Merlin engines. And they would go out. Uh, he started out in the desert. He started as a kid with Estes rockets. So we kind of look at that as a guy because. He was inspired with these small rockets and he decided to keep tinkering and he came up with something even better. So that's basically where we are because some kids don't have access to the information. So we want to create that for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Compton is is very, uh, very good area. Actually, I've been there before pandemic multiple times. I even saw uh, in a museum. Uh, the, uh, uh, Tomorrow's aeronautical. And uh, there's very nice cat. <laughs> no, very nice, very friendly <laughs> cat. I remember, and I actually talked to them. I was thinking about doing some AWA meeting there as well. I look at aircraft uh, runway, and uh, Dr. Williams actually was about to, because he gave a talk to us about the aircraft he built based on the World One model, and uh, we actually organized a tour. He wanted to show the actual aircraft, but pandemic hit, so we canceled it. He didn't want to run the risk, so I'm trying to talk to him if he wants to do it again. Um, after seem to be safer now, and Dave actually will be. He he show up regularly to our events. You know, not today, but you know, some other event. He just show up in person, and uh, he he actually I I actually have a plan to stop by to see him and Dr. Williams too, and uh, we we can kind of uh, connect each other, and I can. Yeah, I think he I think he'd be surprised, <laughs> and I think he'd be very excited because the. And I also even remember there's a uh, your has some simulators. Uh, like uh, yeah, right. within the museum they have simulators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you 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 for your organization you own or rent a couple of hangars. That's what you do. We have uh, four hangars. We have a very oh, large okay. hangar where we keep a uh, a biplane in. I see. And then we have another hangar dedicated to the amateur rocketry. And then we yeah. have another hangar where we took some students from Cal State Long Beach and we worked on a vertical takeoff and landing vehicle. So. To, to, to level with you. All these are things that I always wanted to do as a kid. And now we have the resources and we're just running wild to have fun doing that. So any technical thing that we want to do, I tell the kids, if you have an idea, 
come and let's put it together and play with it. So one of the projects that we had, we had a, a aircraft designed by Burt Rutan, which is called a very easy. And we wanted to make that into an e-racer. So we took the wings off and we're going to make it into a race car. So whatever any student would have an idea that they want to do, we want to be there to be able to do it. Yeah. So I, I what I can think right away is that uh, we have multiple levels, but number one is a thing we can do. If you are interested, we can do a a meeting or event there. You can or you can come here like this place uh, or we can go to your place and you can make a presentation or like a side tour about your facility. And uh, they, with, with this, you know, people will see, you see what happened, if, for example, today, you know, we have 20 something people online. Uh, well, I just chatted with uh, Dr. Wallace. These days, if online people will just stay home, but uh, you have people show here, but actually there are several thousand of people they saw the the like a bio or information so they knew they knew that what's going on who who is doing what even though they didn't show up in the event but i chat with our member they knew they they knew what's going on and some professor changed their uh, course material or k-12 teacher they changed because of our events and but they actually they didn't show up in that specific event so uh, we we'll ha also have social media. So the, the easiest way uh, is to participate. For example, you give a talk in our event, or you can even at your your hangar that we go to your your place. Yeah, and, and uh, we, we, we uh, can have a tour or something. I don't we, know definitely, people we definitely would like to do it. But one mm -hmm. of the things that I would like to emphasize more than anything else, there's academia, yeah. and we choose not to be academia. I understand. What we choose to be 100% <clears throat> is the lab. We want to have the tools. We have the tools. We only want to be the lab. Academia is a major part of it, but that's already taken care of, like with the school like this. But the biggest limitation has been the Eight lab five. to where you can get things done, which would be yeah. the desert, Santa Fe Dam area where you can have an area launch the rocket, Compton Airport where you can fly your vehicle. That's right. That's right. I, I I can tell you actually, AIAA is I think it's a uh, it's really the right organization because I I told people actually I just chatted last week with people. Oh, it it was a young professional because he was an engineer in Boeing. He's an engineer in Boeing, but he said he was interested because he's in the pilot school. Okay, I said there's no problem because AIAA actually is the best combination because we are not a GA group, but we do have a lot of pilots. Uh, Dr. William himself is also instructor, and uh, we have Dr. Daniel Raymer. He is the top chief. Well, people say he's the father of, of B21, but he was very modest. But anyway, he's, uh, he has a textbook on conceptual aircraft design. He's viewed very highly, and he's engineering, he's a PhD, but he's a pilot. Uh, we, then you talk about electric aircraft or vertical landing. Do you know the company Ampere? Ampere. Uh, it was actually a commercial company right next to Hawthorne Airport, and there are a couple of our members there. And uh, Dr. Susan Yin, uh, she's the pilot, she's our AIAA fellow, she's a scientist, engineer, and uh, she's a flight instructor. So AIAA has a lot of people very excited about aviation. Uh, yes, uh, maybe 80% they were engineer, but I can tell they are at least 20%, they're engineer and the, and the pilot. And I will even have a speaker uh, from Aerospace Corporation, he owned a Cessna. So our group is a very special in a sense. We are not just like a pilot. You know, you, you have many pilots group here. They talk about you know the flying something, but we are a different group. We, we so the academic thing is 
part of it, but uh, we also cover different things. Another thing I want to share, it's good timing. Um, da Vinci is researching right now, starting an aviation program here. Um, we've had a couple meetings down with uh, the Torrance Airport at the Western Museum of Flight that opened up um, with the um, CEO of Sling Flight Academy at Torrance and with um, a gentleman Dan, named Dan Mickman who started a nonprofit called Giving Kids Wings, teaches kids to fly. And there's a lot of momentum behind uh, aviation programs, especially for students in 12th we're interested in, you know, uh, learning not only about being a pilot, but folks at the um, at LAX, you know, talk about the number of non-pilot aviation related careers that are available, you know, so this school being across the street from the LA Air Force Base and a few blocks away from one of the, the world's largest airports, uh, we feel like it's, um, uh, you know, a great opportunity for kids to go straight into good paying jobs. So one of the things I've been tasked with this year is to research the possibility of and get started some sort of aviation training program. So would certainly like to stay in communication with anybody here who's interested in talking more about that. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's exactly what we like. Yeah, we know Dan. Dan has been doing outreach for years, and it's been so long. He bought an airplane, and it's been very difficult for him, but he's been hanging in there, and uh, they've made a lot of progress. You know, um, so I think he's a great example of he's a credentialed teacher. He loves students, and his, you know, he's a professional pilot for SkyWest, but that just pays the bills so that he can do what he really loves, which is to teach kids to fly. And so we've got students here uh, who have their pilot's licenses and they don't have their driver's licenses yet. So their mom has to drive them to the airport and then they can fly the plane. Um, but it's pretty exciting what's happening. We have 16 year olds who are getting uh, you doing their solo flights. So he starts them with gliders um, and they do a lot of even the, you know, the ground exercises and we've got um, a whole class set of yokes and rudders and the pedals and everything that kids can learn here. So we're, we had that going pre-pandemic. We're getting it started up again and would love to talk with you more about that. Very good, very good. Yeah, this is one that we do with the people network, you know, and uh, we provide the networking opportunity. So like what your conversation here and help each other and let people know. What, and this is recorded and more people will know your activity. And we do event here and a lot of people show interest in uh, uh, your school, Da Vinci, you know, friends, even friends people, they got excited. Uh, then uh, now you're you confident. Actually, you know, I have been actually thinking about what AIAA's role because there are several museums, handlers, actually, Torrance, we, we, uh, do you know uh, Mike uh, Simulera, the president of the Torrance Museum? Yeah, he's the president of the uh, Museum of Fry of, in Torrance. <clears throat> he's our member. He just published. Cindy, I, I, I met Cindy. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we are connected to them, and we actually have events there or some of their people with us. We actually have a kind of semi-tour because they have a YF23 model there, and so they have a, I forgot, a pilot, I think is Marty, I think he was a former test pilot for for uh, YF23, so he gave a tour over there. Um, but actually, I, I visited Hunter from uh, or the airport or museum, also the Santa Monica Museum, um, uh, and also um, the one in uh, Long Beach. Long Beach also, uh, we, we, I mentioned this, I've been to Long Beach. Actually, I actually just called the Long Beach airport yesterday because they used to have a company called the Ross Aviation, and uh, I was thinking to do some event. They have a room there. Now they call it uh, Atlantic, but they no longer do do it uh, anymore. And uh, hello, welcome. Please join us. Hi, hi. Oh, that's wonder. Yeah, thank you. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for talking. Well, I think Dr. Wallace is the one who uh, gets all the credit. Welcome. We're honored that you're here. Thank you for your important work, and it's good to see everyone. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we were just uh, wondering this uh, what a wonderful school, and uh, there are a lot of great uh, activities and uh, uh, educational resources. So we are engaging a conversation uh, for a nonprofit group and uh, an AIAA. You know, we have a lot of engineers, scientists, and how could we work together? And we also providing like today a platform so people can meet each other. Uh, so for example, today we even have people from France, you know, that's uh, uh, joined us, and uh, of course all the other other people from other state and of course locally as well. So we are trying to provide the network and uh, uh, to to for the well, I mean, this is for educators, but uh, we also try to uh, provide our strength. You know, we have a lot of engineers different aerospace company and uh, or professors or students you know see if something we can offer of course one thing important we want to bring the community together to know each other help each other you know for example they have a launch facility uh, for rocket uh, in compton and uh, you know that was mentioned also the you know somebody uh in torrance you know uh something people can you know work together and find the resources uh best for uh teaching or or you know, learning this kind of thing. CEO who said, uh, none of us is as smart as all of us. Um, so thank you for being the connective tissue for um, all this important work. Yeah. Yeah. AIWA is very honored uh, to to fit in this role and that's what we want to do and it's strength. You know, we have people across all different places and uh, we, we are, I have always tip got this kind of question are we competing with Elon Musk are we competing with somebody but no we are a, a non-profit professional based organization and uh, even though we don't compete with Elon Musk but our people actually uh, I don't want to use that words but they were they were, we were ahead of them by 20 years for example I just mentioned our executive director Mr. Dan Downbarker in NASA in the 19 in the 90s the, uh, the NASA team he led build the first uh, reusable rocket in NASA called DCX uh, XA, 20 years ahead of SpaceX. But nobody knew. People are saying oh, Elon Musk invented you know, this uh, origin, Jeff Bezos. No, it is for executive. And his 
former team. So, but we, we, we don't own the product. So we don't build a rocket to compete with Elon Musk. Uh, we don't have our own astronaut or satellite, but we have members, we have astronauts, then we have people launching satellite every single day, every week, and launching rocket. Uh, that's what who we are. So uh, it's a very interesting organization. And another thing I want to mention is we have a very long history. You mentioned about Boeing, right? We we we'll just uh, uh, mentioned about this in 1910. There's an air show in uh, uh, Dominicus Hills. The first international air show in the United States was in Los Angeles. Uh, it's 1910, uh, and uh, there was uh, William uh, Boeing and uh, Jim Doolittle in that air show. And a couple of famous people and when they were very young, and the air show inspired them. What I wanted to say was around that time, uh, the Wright brothers formed an organization on aviation, and the Robert Goddard also formed an organization on rocketry around that time. And those two organizations merged into AIAA, AIAA in 1962. So, working together in the different programs we're starting. I know you have to head downstairs for the next event, but I want when I saw you, I wanted to make sure they got to see you. And it's it's thanks to Dr. Wonder that we're, you know, we're connecting with so many other networks as well. It's here. Um, and for your work in building this school and building Da Vinci schools. And um, thank you for bringing this wonderful organization because all of us together can do some really good work. And people online, right. But I can't see them online. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This, this is what, what I want. Want to want to express and actually just around here, um, aerospace corporation, Raytheon, uh, Millennium Space System. Our former uh, chapter chair uh, is actually the I think he's now the VP, and we have a couple of members. They actually work in Millennium. So this is our strength. If you need somebody to work with you, um, we can try to reach out to them, but they they may not be. Uh, kind of immediately say, oh, I'll go to your organization, something like that. So generally, the best way is to participate in our activity. And then sometimes they will show up and uh, you can invite them. I, I will mention, we will mention to them, but they already see the information, especially if we set up your presentation or something like that. And um, uh, that's how we kind of met uh, Dave, uh, Mr. Nolan. Yeah, that's because we knew he was our member, but, you know, is busy, but if there's some event he got interested, he will show up. We have other people who launch rocket or doing, as I said, uh, like uh, electro. You say the electro, but we have people working on those things. And uh, like uh, there's a company in Torrance called MOOC. They are building the parts. We have engineer from that company too, yeah. aerospace. And uh, uh, so we are an interesting organization. Uh, it, it just we don't build something. We don't own a spacecraft. We don't own something like that. But we have very interesting people. Uh, I can tell you. It's, I just mentioned before we engage in this conversation. We have people that are engineer, textbook writer, uh, and uh, uh, author, but they are also pilot instructor. It, it's just amazing. Um, 
And of course, we have educators. And uh, I want to address this uh, university saying is because it mentioned not just you, you have this academic done, uh, you are looking for more laboratory, uh, but I still have to emphasize that you're working with USC, right? We have four university student branches, UCLA, uh, Cal State Long Beach, and uh, UNLV. So we actually have a student mini conference. Uh, did you, if you register in, uh, in our event, I'll check with the email, so I'll send you those information. Okay, very so good. So I understand you probably don't need academic, but we- no, the, the academic is important, I guess. Uh, let's see, how can I describe it? And I'll be, I'll be very clear. AIAA is fantastic. You're like the glue that holds us together. That's right, we want, want so to continue. What I, was, what I was finding is, one of the things that we were lacking, yes. we never had a place to actually go experiment on the things. Okay, okay you have a wind tunnel uh, at your college, <laughs> but one of the things I found is that some of the engineers that came to work with us, they were at Cal State Long Beach, they had never worked with tools before. So we had to teach them how to work with the various wrenches and tools to work on things. It, that's interesting because you mentioned Cal State Long Beach, right? Uh, we just have a, a outreach to Cal State Long Beach. They actually has has a very nice uh, uh, rocket building. They have a rocket club. Rocket club, a very nice facility to, to hands-on build the rocket. Um, but I think they work with some amateur uh, rocket group yeah, they're, launch. They're in, two, there are two amateur yeah. rocket groups. There's uh, FAR, Friends of Amateur ah, Rocket. We have a member in FAR. And then we have the Reaction Research That's Society, right. which has a facility called the MTA, the Mojave Test Area. They're co-located. And they have uh, waivers with the FAA uh, based on being allowed to launch a rocket up to a certain altitude. So various colleges participate with that. So one of the things, some of the colleges that have proper funding, they actually have the labs and facilities so far to build and work on the rockets. But one of the areas that we really are lacking is you don't have anything for the younger kids to come and play. So if they could come and work on the rockets, at an earlier age, they would be super sharper engineers in school. So one of the things, and I would just be very clear with it, um, one of the famous German engineers, one of Braun, one of the things that he wanted to advocate to make a good engineer, you need to have hands-on. So it's been my experience that these guys are a very sharp academic. We have a great academic system to train them in the fundamentals. But what we lack is the vocational aptitude to actually physically put the product together. I, I can tell you one thing is that uh, uh, we, we do, we have a lot of people, engineers on rocket. That's my personal experience. Uh, it's just at the same time, yes, if you are looking for professional to participate, one thing I want to say, especially in the launch business, a lot of these people, they have security clearance. So most of the time I realize that they are not they are not going to they are not allowed to tell people what they are doing or going out randomly to participate in something because their company or government would not allow them to do that. So even some a few times I was trying to look for a speaker, I found out who who was doing what and their company was not very happy about it. Even though we are nonprofit. One of the ways you know. that we work with that is this. Uh, they yeah. have ITAR. They have security yeah. requirements where they can't participate. But we can be very clear. The technology that we're involved in is very primitive. The rockets themselves are unguided. It's no feedback loop for guidance. It's an open loop, <laughs> meaning that you have a propulsion system. You have aerodynamic uh, or some aerodynamic, but not aerodynamic active control it's it's ballistic 
So basically, we've worked it where you don't need to get to a security level of new proprietary information. It's just basics, and that's what we work with. Yeah, I, actually, I, I know it very well, and that's why I want to say in the very beginning, because that part actually is not what AIWA can handle for their company employer thing. So what we can do mostly for networking, providing information, and I can tell you, I know those um, engineers, they their company know much better how to handle this. So for us, we, we are not, uh, you know, in a position to to work uh, this kind of ITAR thing with the clear company and to give the person to you. But what we can do best is to connect, hey, know this person, and uh, if they, you both interest and uh, that you can work this out with their company, you know, the detail, what they are willing to do. And, uh, but we, we generally have uh, this kind of discussion, for example, we have even come up, uh, got a suggestion from our member. Why don't you build a satellite, you know, and uh, get a state of the art technology from each of the company because we have member who is satellite from different companies like Courtney or Armor Ford director. He was uh, in um, Boeing Phantom Worlds. He just get all the advanced technology from each of the company. The idea is very good, right? It doesn't work that because they all signed the legal document with the company, they are not going to tell you or you apply any of their Boeing advanced secret technology. They are not going. And how do you define is is okay technology or or not okay? It's beyond it that way. That's their company issue. But what we can do is we let them know and let you know, uh, and we provide this you know opportunity to know each other and. Uh, uh, and or I can even introduce you know each other, but those kind of tech ideas, which technology they deem okay to help or not okay to help. So honestly speaking, when you mentioned about it other way, I, I know that some people kind of view it might be more academic. The reason is because we have lots of people. Dennis will know this very well. He, he, he used to work in the government and company. I mean, they they cannot disclose. You know, they cannot really do much about this. So, and the the, the most of the people who can do public thing was showing our video uh, education would be people from university. So you think AIWA is a lot of university? No, but actually our majority of people are actually working in company like uh, Dennis. Uh, but those people, they are hidden, hidden. And for example, you see every launch, Vandenberg, you know, uh, uh, Florida, every place, a lot of our members, they are hidden, you don't even know them. And then they are not allowed to tell you what they are doing. That even within AIWA, they are not, unless they went to uh, like a conference present their paper that, oh, he's doing this. Generally, they are only after they, they feel comfortable. And uh, I can even we have member retired. He told me that he signed document for 20 years after retirement. He cannot tell, say anything about his project. Yeah, for, for that. Yeah, which, which, is fine, which is fine. And, and that's the thing I would emphasize. That's no, not I, a problem. We're not looking to advanced technology. We're only looking to build a base. I understand. And I, that's I, what so basically for the ITAR requirements, the security <laughs> requirements, nothing reaches any particular security level. So I understand. I would merely try to I explain that you you're uh referring to academic. I just explain why people have this in impression because academic is more free. Um but otherwise, that's why otherwise it's a little bit interesting because we have a lot of people working kind of behind the scene. Uh, there is, you know, kind of possibility or uh, opportunity there, but you have to do it uh, kind of connect to the right person and uh, do it properly. We have people from Air Force and uh, F-35 can tell you there's uh, people, but you, you see they have to kind of connect it 
property. And uh, uh, so I've been trying to work this out with our leaders, you know. This is probably a very, very good time to do it. Um, just listen to everybody talking right here. Um, I, am, I am from that industry. I've spent 20 years at Northrop Grumman um, building space products as an engineer. Um, I've worked with NASA and I've worked with the US military. Um, I am retired from there, so I have my own consulting company. So I do understand the separation between the two, right? I do a lot of outreach as well for schools, universities, or other organizations, maybe as yourselves as well, um, as kind of generating interest in the aerospace industry, number one. Number two is really to show them how we really do things in the industry that's not necessarily really taught at the academic level. So I've noticed that a lot of students that come out really understand the theory, but they don't really understand the real world of how things are actually done. So they're really starting from scratch again. And so that's that's really my main focus uh, when I go out and give these talks with Ken or other, or other organizations is to really let them know and show them how we build space products, um, whether it's satellites or anything else, uh, how we build them, how we test them, how we launch them. So I have familiarity through all of those operations, right? Integration and test and launch um, from project management to ordinance to alignments to just plain mechanical integration to logistics all the way to launch site operations. And so that's my outreach is to really let people know what we do and how we do it. And so I understand that separation between the two because I do do consulting on the side as well. And so that's Consulting versus outreach are two separate things and consulting is, you know, where you have to abide by all these ITAR rules and, you know, corporate your your clientele, what they really want for for privacy as well. So, so I definitely understand that and I have a lot of uh, friends who are retirees and specific subjects as well that I can potentially, you know, reach out to and maybe they would like to, you know, help and join your organization as well too. Because as I said, I've got a lot of um, contacts and and a lot of people that used to work for me in these organizations are experts in alignments, ordinance, you know, environmental testing, all everything that runs the gamut. So I'm sure some of them. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, a lot of them are retired too, so they'll probably be willing to donate some of their time here and there. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. To people that Dennis is really the the best. You know, knows all the rules, and then he retired, and now he has the freedom to do some more things. So he's very uh, please, please connect with. That's what we want to do. You know, provide you the uh, the people, the and the, know where where are the you know uh, the needs, where the needs are, and where the the talents are, where the people can do something or people cannot do something. Uh, that that's what we want to do. We will keep keep trying. And uh, uh, so, if any question, let me. But I think the action number one is that we can do something in your place, or we you can speak in your place, or we you can come to our event to speak. We can arrange that very quickly. And actually, I've been thinking to go back there. Describe. You know, I, I love those cats. <laughs> I really love it. It's really nice. You know, they just come uh, came to me and sleep. You know, very, very nice cat. So, uh, Karen, do you want to say something? Do you have anything that uh, we can? Society of Manufacturing 
engineers. Great, great. I, let me just uh, kind of uh, uh, kind of say we are working on a, a event, a panel event is the uh, manufacturing and the supply chain. And Dennis will participate. You know, I discussed with Dennis. Yeah. So we have a, a VP, you know, from some company that will have scientists with NASA. We're going to talk about supply chain technology and job opportunity, those things. Nice. Emphasize those as well. So our goal is the um, education to profession succession. Um, so it's education and getting kids exposed as early as possible to introduction engineering design, principles of engineering, digital electronics. I can't take any of the credit for all these great classes. I can I only introduce them here. And Steve took off with it. Okay. And what a difference it made in these students' education. I, two of my kids went through Da Vinci and they are successful now and they got to try new different things, new things. So in the South Bay, we have hundreds and hundreds of small companies and we also have the big ones. So, um, and my goal is, like yours, is to bring us all together so we are all aware of what is available. That's right, yeah. The, the conversation, if we, if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So. That's right. Um, I love what I do. I'm post-secondary specialist, El Camino College for over 16 El years. Okay, El Camino. Um, developed couple of different pathways, engineering technologist, engineering technician, um, okay. engineering pathways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you can like, give a talk or say something, you know, uh, in our activity, uh, or we can go to your place, that's, that's that, you know, get more people know that we can arrest. Let's, let's do that. Actually, I can tell, actually I stopped by your college a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, I even know you have an observatory, I think astronomy group and a very nice uh, meeting conference, like meeting room, something like that. And also I've been working on it. And the other thing, education is, as I mentioned, we have branch, uh, student branches in, in uh, four major universities. Uh, but I also noticed that a couple of times we have community students, uh, college students come to us. And uh, we actually have successful story. We have uh, um, a member, that he was formerly our council member. He was from a community college, and uh, then he transferred to USC, and then he worked with Boeing. Now he's working in Virgin Galactic. Yeah, so so I understand that community college may not have uh, like a, a full full blown like uh, aerospace department or mechanical engineer like USC, but you know it's still exactly exactly. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and actually, we are going to participate. We, we are going, we actually focus on this uh, makers things. But, you know, it, it is makers, we are going to the makers fair. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, what happened is because we kind of have to balance because AI, AA, honestly speaking, Everybody is a maker. They have a big rockets, whatever electronic thing. But but you know, it's a little bit different from those maker society. Uh, they they generally have much bigger or like company Boeing, you know, facility much nicer. And the make maker society, like uh, you were talking about, is more for everyone. 
So, so in, in a sense, I have to see, we have to see the, what is the best combination. I've been trying to look at, sometimes there's some makers event, but our member may not be interested because they, they kind of used to kind of grow their own facility. Why do they have to do something come more, uh, less equipped, you know, facility, but they understand it's to inspire people. Uh, so we also have the intermediate like in you know, universities. So that's I try to find out, but I uh, have we have been doing a couple hands on like Raspberry Pi things and um, something you can do, you can build. That's actually part of the reason we do this uh, Dr. Williams building aircraft event and our student branch university, they have the uh, design, build and fly. That's AIWA project. Every year they have a competition. They do hands on. They do build and uh, and they also have people build the drones, you know, university. But I, I honestly speak, I have to say that because those universities have more resources, so they, they can afford, you know, an and, uh, advisor, professor, they can guide them. They can fund and guide exactly technology wise as their program uh, to do it. So that that's, uh, has been the other way, been doing that 50 years, something like that, you know, those kind of things or CubeSat or something like that. But I agree with you, you know, it's uh, outside those universities, people still want to learn and uh, get exposed. Uh, that's what Dennis can help a lot too. Of course, he's also having our university uh, people, but inside the university, generally, they have their existing professor, existing grants to support those students. So typically they do, they have much more uh, leisures resources to do. And uh, sometimes those projects, that's why we do this March University student event, because their projects sometimes inspire outside groups and uh, whether or not other group can work with them or find their money, that really depends on where, where you talk to uh, or like what you did, you work with the university, like we, we USC group, uh, Liquid Propulsion Laboratory, and they were our students and they break uh, they broke the student outed record a few years ago yeah yeah rpl yeah that's right not the rocket yes yeah because they has a it has a rocket laboratory is also have a LPL. There's RPL, there's LPL. Yeah, and, and uh, it kind of, you know, they have, you know, sometimes I have to say this, you know, Dennis from USC, you know. <laughs> yeah, at USC, for some relativity, relativity space was also uh, founded by uh, USC. Yeah, it, it, that's that's why I want to say uh, we know all their professors, you know, uh, like uh, Ronnie, Professor yeah. Ronnie is going to give a talk in April. Yeah, so uh, his schedule didn't work out for his uh, former professor and uh, Irwin, Professor Irwin, Daniel Irwin, Professor Mike Grantman. Uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's hard to kind of compare because USC has a very top uh, program, aerospace or mechanical engineering program. Like an all-star faculty member, and they generally connect to all the major universities. So their rocket lab got the sponsorship from many major companies, but other universities would not. UCLA probably got something, but not other universities. That's the difficult part. And for us, we connect to those major distinguished universities or professors. 
but we also want to help uh, some other, you know, uh, so, and a lot of time we realize actually our students in those major universities, they already got a lot of help. They got a lot of exposure already. And the company lucky point, they love to go to those universities to have job fairs. And so most of them, they got the top offers. Um, but uh, we also, sometimes we, we learn that the community college student, they come to us, they want to learn. Community. I just talked to a, uh, I don't remember if it's, probably he was from El Camino. Okay, he, I met him from um, another event. I forgot. No, student. And he said he was uh, also interested in transfer those space program, something like that. So I immediately uh, mentioned the member I mentioned the transfer and had a successful story. So this is something that we can play some roles. Uh, then we can kind of show some, you know, our students can kind of share what a successful story, what they've been uh, working on, and they part participate in our university student branch event. You can get to learn what uh, they are doing and their approach uh, to, to, to advance in aerospace. So that's another part of strength of AWA. Um, so so there, there, there are ways to tap into, now today you meet Dennis, you know, and uh, uh, hopefully next time we can get our Millennium Space folks right next door to join us. I was hoping because they were just right next door. We used to have meeting uh in their company but when boeing acquired them they, they don't allow us to be there so um so the, what i am trying to do is trying to help people identify what you need and i'm trying to set up some kind of meeting or something so you can meet meet with people from la air force base and then you can check out with them if they have outreach opportunity or for dennis for you or or they can support or partner with you or go with you, something like that. that's what we are trying to help out uh, as a um, community, head up a community. Yeah. And there are kind of couple more resources. It's hard to explain, but I can tell the most important part is people. <laughs> we have a lot of people. Yeah. 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 If it, yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we, we've been to uh, uh, the elementary school, have exhibition, and we went to middle school, high schools. And personally, I have been the uh, judge for science fairs. Uh, at uh, two two science fair judges. Next week, I'm going to uh, one of them as judge. And we, we, our people generally, we we call a couple uh, judges, but you know sometimes they got busy. But that we we did that sometimes. A lot of time, our members also engage in mentor activity, but it is more their personal because in other words, nonprofit. We are not running the mentoring business. We are not running the uh, uh, like uh, after school or something like that. But our member generally through this kind of networking or like a personal interaction. Uh, hey, there's opportunity. So for example, I met a student when I judged the science fair a few years ago, and I told some of our member working in Raytheon nearby or, or uh, Boeing, and they told, hey, this student is great, good project. Are you interested? And, uh, and uh, I get agreement from both sides and uh, provide the contact. But they, they, they chat. It's not. Either way, got any money or something in between, but I just try, try to connect. 
So uh, there's something work out. And that student actually, I, I don't know where he did a wonderful job. He not only got the first place in science fair, I think he got into MIT, you know, a, a very good program. But you see, for us, we do this contrary to what people think. We do have a lot of people, but we are at the same time, we are not running a broker or, or school. But most of the time it's a networking and we help you to connect to the right person and that person can become personal personal or group mentor on his or her own uh, wheel or time. But it is it's not we uh, we have a school that we send you the teacher to do this. It, it doesn't work that way. Uh, some people that's why we are trying to explain, but we do have a lot of people who are willing to do that and uh, whatever they do afterwards after discussion that's actually between the student teacher and the, and them and uh, another just to wrap up the discussion as an example of the success one of the best way to uh, benefit from AW is again people networking we have a member he's a hollywood film director he made the film uh well there's another story there was a film on the planetary defense dark mission they called Ashley hunter that's an imax film but that's a different story, successful story. Now he's working with major aerospace company at NASA. But this director, he make a film, DVD on aerospace art, artists. Then he want to show it on uh, International Space Station. Then he tried to contact NASA, it never worked. So I tried to help him as a group and uh, he volunteered with us. He come to speak in our event, we have field screening. And uh, finally he met a former NASA uh, retired Air Force Colonel. And the colonel actually also worked for NASA to train astronauts. So it happened to train the astronaut for going to space station. So you know the story, they work out, three months they came, the film was shown on space station. And without ever anybody knowing, they just chit chat and network and they work out. It's very, it's actually very powerful, but it's, it's not that, or other way, uh, assign this this pilot to help you. No, it's, it's not like that. But we provide the opportunity to meet the right person. And we can even tell him, urge him, please help this for coming. But you know, for us, we are not trying to kind of uh, uh, specifically try to uh, do some, but we can do our best to some extent. But a lot of things still depends on your your effort connection to to but if you, the more you participate, the more you get your name known. Or, uh, for example, Dennis spoke with us a couple of times. Now people are requesting his video, his slide. Everybody know him, and uh, so that that's kind of the way it works. Or we go to some schools, and the people know, oh, this school is doing a good job, you know, something like that, and they will actually the Da Vinci School. They host us here. We actually get some contact, uh, uh, an in inquiry about the school. So that's that's kind of how it works, you know. Uh, for us, I, I can kind of say yes, uh, please exchange information, uh, but that's probably the most we can do. We are not trying to say, hey, hey, please go to help this school. No, it's it's difficult for us to do that. But we we provide the connections. All right, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, great meeting. Nice meeting. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let me first turn off the V recording.